0: This podcast is offered by Jokoji Zen Center on the web at jokoji.org. Our programs are made possible by donations from people like you. Well, good morning, everyone. So happy to see all of you here. It's a, a beautiful day up here at Chikoji, we get a week of some nice weather, even though storms and rains would be a delight, but here we are in nice weather. Today, I'm going to start with talking about uh, Zen Koan from the Gateless Gate by Kon Yamada. It's titled, Seizei the Poor. And just a second, I'm going to uh, cut off. I guess there's a mic over there. Right? Okay. So, Seizei. Um, this is a, uh, from the Gateless Gate by Koan Yamada. And the beginning of this koan is like this. A monk Seizai eagerly, eagerly asked Master Sozan, I am solitary and poor. I beg you, Master, please help me become prosperous. Thank you. I'm rich. Sanzan said, Venerable Zay, yes, Master, replied Zaizan. As they say, Sozan said, you have already drunk three cups of fine Hakka wine, and still you have not yet moistened your lip. So let me moisten a lip. why <laughs> excellent so solitary and poor it turns out sayze was a a great monk and his teacher sozon was a student of tozon and sozon and tozon are named For our Zen lineage, Soto, by Sozan and Tozan. And both of these venerable masters, Sozan and Tozan, were considered exquisite in their their poverty, in in understanding this. So let me reply with this. Gratitude for first responders who are now stressed more than ever during this pandemic. Gratitude for the essential workers, healthcare and transportation and putting their lives at risk for the needs of all of us. Gratitude for loss and falling away and easing into the next moment, moment to moment at ease. Gratitude for the emotional atmospheric change we've experienced on this planet. There's a temporary optimism, global optimism. Gratitude to the Buddhas and ancestors. Gratitude to Sangha and to all the teachers and students and priests and lay folk and guests and visitors and passers through all collegially engaging in practice. Gratitude for friends where We are all the living tips of our family tree roots. And we get to touch the tips of other roots. Gratitude for the bounty of all sustenance, the cornucopia of life that makes existence possible and rich. Seize said to Sozan, I am solitary and poor. Please help me become prosperous. And Sozan said, you have already drank three cups of fine Hakati wine, and still you say you have not yet moistened your lips. Gratitude for all phenomena and the vastness of this interpenetrating existence, gratitude for how consciousness assembles our memories and our sensations that show the deep interpenetrating threads of this existence, gratitude to all the family trees manifesting, the merging, the interweaving, and the terminations of life gratitude for our parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, and all of their siblings who often help them to sustain the families that we all came from. So I'm gonna go back 50 generations Now, 50 generations could be anywhere from 1,000 years to even 2,000 years time. 50 generations, it doesn't seem all that long ago. But in order to calculate the number of ancestors we have 50 generations ago, you multiply 2 times 2 times 2 up to 50 times. And that number is over one quadrillion, which is a million billion. Each of us has a million billion ancestors back a 1,000 or 2,000 years. A million billion, each of us. So there would be a billion, million, billion total ancestors if, in fact, we each had separate ancestors on this planet back at that time, which is ludicrous. So obviously, the family trees fold into itself again and again and again and again through all of these ages. This folding back of our family webs, where we're all interconnected simultaneously alongside everyone else, and also alongside all species culminating in this moment where each of us is a root tip and each of these root tips terminate we each come to an end at least the part of the family genetic tree of this body or so so i surmise the end of the Heart Sutra is Gate, Gate, Paragate, Parasamgate, Bodhisvaha. Going, going, going beyond, going way beyond is the common translation. Coben's take on this is falling away, falling away, completely falling away. And I see this falling away happens before the gone. The falling away is always happening. This last week, our dear friend and uh, my cousin Robert was 90 and he passed after midnight uh, Wednesday morning, early Wednesday morning on a waxing moon. He was holding, he was having his hands held by his loving friends, mostly younger folk, who had a way, he had a way with young folk. It it seemed like every time I went to visit him, there was a big dinner with uh, candles on the table and young people around, four or six young people around the table communing with this elder Robert. He was a Jungian psychiatrist and his policy in performing his duties as a psychiatrist was to set all the books aside and just meet the client as they are. And he did that with each of us who knew him, young and old. He was also a painter of mostly colorful abstracts and also meaningful words. And, And for example, his take on yin yang and not one, not two, his take on that was a big, painting, brown painting with gold letters that said both. He was not Buddhist. He didn't study Buddhism, but he, he embodied wisdom. And all of us just valued him so much. He took care of relationships with a hundred or I think more than a hundred young folks through the years. And he, what he would do would bring out each, in each of us the prime virtue that exists when we relate in relationships. His work of serving the world inspires those of us who knew him, and and so it is with my son Peter who wrote, We should be very wary of any feelings of entitlement and work on the most more difficult task of addressing mental health inside and outside us. We should all continue in a life of service. He wrote this to my family, my sons, and his mom, Robert's cousin. So Robert was the last root tip hair of a branch of the Akeley name. And though he has expired, the Akeley genes are passed on through his cousin's children and grandchildren. When we would stop to chat, he would always express just enormous gratitude for how he felt for this life and his opportunities and for all who has, had entered his life. He expressed this often to, through the years. Fundamentally, we are all alone and we are poor. And yet we sit in interconnection and interpenetrating quality of relationship. And when we lose all those those things, have we really lost anything at all that we had? All phenomena interpenetrates other phenomena. I was there when The mortician came. His body had been in state, lying in state with a rose, flower garland, and a red rose in his hand. And the young people that knew him came to sit with him one last time. And then the mortician came. And they come, and they unwrap him, and they put him in their in their bag and they carry him they carried him off the bed down out the door down the stairs put him on a gurney we could no longer i could no longer see see robert just the form of his body and he rolled out quietly in just the early dark of night slid his body into the into the van And I watched Robert disappear up the street in this van. The last time he would leave, his body would leave that place. He left solitary and poor. All that he had, he could not take with him. And so it is for each of us. Now I'm going to read some verses from an early section of the Avatam Saka Sutra that we're going to be studying in uh, during Rohatsu and um, Zen Buddhism is often quite stark. You know, we're talking about being solitary and poor. And yet, we get to experience all of this. So just let these words roll over you. The Buddhist ocean of unexcelled virtues manifests a lamp which illumines the world, saving and protecting all sentient beings, He gives them all peace, not leaving one out. The Buddha's virtues are boundless. No beings hear of them in vain. He causes them to be free from suffering and always happy. The powers of the Buddha are all complete. His array of virtues appears in the world. And all sentient beings are harmonized. The Buddha cultivated an ocean of compassion, his heart always as broad as the whole world. Therefore, the spiritual powers, his spiritual powers are boundless. Buddha always appears throughout the world. None of his methods are employed in vain, cleaning away beings' delusions and torments. Buddha is the great ocean of knowledge in the world, emanating pure light which reaches everywhere. Whence is born all great faiths and resolution. Buddha, observing the world, conceives his kind compassion, approving, appearing in order to aid sentient beings, showing them the supreme way of peace and joy. The pure practices cultivated by Buddha are fully impounded under the tree of enlightenment, thus edifying everyone in all quarters. Buddhas in all worlds bring freedom from sorrow, creating great joy all potentials and aspirations he purifies. The Buddha appears in the world, observes the inclinations of all beings, and matures them by various means. This is the liberation of pure light. So may we see, hear, smell, taste, touch, and experience the moist lips of this existence. I want to end with a poem by Billy Collins. It's titled, As If to Demonstrate an Eclipse. I pick an orange from a wicker basket and place it on the table to represent the sun. Then down at the other end, the blue and white marble becomes the earth and nearby I lay the little moon of an aspirin. I get a glass from a a cabinet and open a bottle of wine. Then I sit in a ladder back chair, a benevolent God presiding over a miniature creation myth. And I begin to sing a homemade canticle of thanks for this perfect little arrangement, for not making the earth too hot or cold, not making it spin too fast or slow so that the grove of orange trees and the owl becomes possible, not to mention the rolling wave, the play of clouds, geese in flight, and the Z of lightning on a dark lake. Then I fill my glass again and give thanks to the trout, the oak, and the yellow feather, singing the room full of shadows as sun and earth and moon circle one another on in their impeccable orbits and I get more and more cockeyed with gratitude. Thank you. So I'd like to let you offer comments or words or questions or, yes, Hogan.
1: Um, Thank you, Doug. Um, There are two things that come up for me. Um, uh, First, the the sutra that you recited late in the talk, it had many... um, many powerful and good ideas. And I would love to see a, a translation of that, that um, it felt like the translator of that sutra was quite steeped in a culture of a worship type culture, rather than a uh, see for yourself kind of culture. And, and so I kind of really felt that in the translation. but thought that was interesting. And uh, secondly, thank you so much for speaking of Robert Akeley. Um, it's a very deep, deep thing, tender kind of thing for me right now. And if I could share one thing about Robert that was always striking, is we um, had great gratitude for um, how his life unfolded. And one of the things that shocked me and struck me is I remember after we got to know each other a bit better, um, Robert said to me. Um, you know, I used to think when I was growing up and in my, most of my adulthood, I thought that being gay was, had been a terrible curse on me, you know, because he was born in 1930 in rural Maine and spent much of his early life hiding his sexuality. He, when he was younger, he thought it was a terrible curse, but he grew to understand that actually it would have been a great opportunity for him. He was very fortunate to have been not only gay. Born gay in an oppressed in a place where he was oppressed, because that allowed him to see past other people's decisions about what was right or what was wrong and see clearly for himself that he knew it was right and that he was okay and that being gay was okay and that opened up his life to experience that find it for him, find something so important for himself, not to be told it, but to know it, and then to begin to live accordingly. And he was very grateful for that. It was such a shock to hear that the first time. He said to me, you know, I I believe I was very lucky to have been born a, and he would use this very vulgar term, it was shocking. And it was was great teaching. And I hope I was able to convey it just now. Thank you for speaking,
0: Robert. Were people able to hear that? Good, good. One of uh, the words that, one of the things that Robert liked to do was paint words. And one of them, one set of words he wrote is, candor heals. And Hogan has a copy of that. He has that painting in his room. So if you get to come to Chakoji someday again, uh, you can ask to see that. But um, he used uh, power, uh, the power of words um, and the nobility of presence to convey uh, much to, to all of us. It was really magical. Magical guy. Anyone else?
2: Pamela.
3: Uh, Thank you, Doug, for the beautiful remembrance and all the connections you made in doing that. I'm struck by your comment that fundamentally, we're all alone and poor, and we can't take what we have with us. And of course, that's true. I was also kind of reminded two things like gamblers and athletes to talk about leaving it all on the table or leaving it all on the field. And, you know, I, at least I feel that We're supposed to leave everything that's been given to us because we really didn't earn anything. Leave it all in the field or leave it all on the table. And in doing that, I don't think we're fundamentally only all alone and poor. We're really so connected and rich because of that, those two things together. So that's all. Thanks.
0: Experience, Exper- our experience is so rich, and when when he departed, he he had a lot in of value there, um, and and yet he was had. In, in his richness, like you described just now, Pamela, set all of that aside to let it all go as it shall, in, in, with ease, with, with a sense of, a deep sense of ease he had.
4: On a similar vein, I, to what Pam just said, um, I consider him very rich. He had lots of friends. And that's where true wealth is. As opposed to monetary richness, there's, it's, maybe you can't take it with you. I think that Pamela has it right. You, you, don't have to take it with you. It just, it's great. It, it Since you do take it with you because you're uh, leaving a legacy and that is now you.
0: Well put, and thank you.
2: Yes, Michael. Um, Doug, uh, the case that you read. Uh, maybe you could repeat it. It was three, three, three glasses of wine. You, do I? Did I understand that right? You yeah. drunk three glasses of wine. A oh, fine haka wine. Haka wine. I was wondering, you know three is a well, three carries the, the number three carries quite a bit of import in in Buddhist teachings. So I'm wondering if there's any thoughts of what those three glasses of wine might represent.
0: Yeah, there are a lot of lot of things to put in a a basket or the three baskets, aren't there?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Three treasures.
2: Three treasures. Buddha Dharma Sangha. Past, present and future. It was kind of was he kind of saying was a one person kind of saying to the other person you you you're actually rather wealthy you've received this three glasses of wine is
0: that right yeah. and, um, uh, uh, that's a way to look at it and but you haven't even noticed that your whips are moist and. Uh, in a way, I thought this was kind of like a reprimand. But of course, in reading the commentary, it's, it's not. It's, it's, uh, um, yeah, we, we get to experience all of this. You know, uh, back to Hogan's point about the um, the worshipful nature of some of these words. Um, it can be approached that way. It can also be approached as uh, we we are each the Buddha. We are each a direct link to the Buddha. Buddha nature works through us, and and how these words are shared are meant from, I'm not sure when the Sutra came about, but it's, um, there was a a school in China in the 700s, 800s that was used the Sutra of the 800s of the common era. I just see that these words are Uh, are meant to expand our mind. And usually when you are feeling poor and you can recognize that your mind is capable of and and tantalized by imagery, um, our imaginations are so vast, um, that helps us stretch our Sense of self from I don't have enough, and I'm measuring to the vastness of space, and I'm I'm also wondering if in this sutra the uh, though it is um, it, its approach is towards the different cultures, different kinds of culture, the Asian cultures which have less individualistic quality about it, and. I think um, this, there's uh, a lot of work, uh, a lot of study that can be done on this that helps open it up for, this, for the Westerners. But the, the words also convey a lot of ideas of how this whole uh, existence that we have and get to assemble works. And, and it give, to me, it gives new ways of approaching it uh, with uh, more uh, ideas and uh, pointing to all the different kinds of experience we have that makes this life so rich. But uh, I take your point. Thank you. And Michael, to your point on this on this case, uh, I have a lot more study to do, so I'll 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 get back to you.
4: Yes. If, if that's okay. for, uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, uh a um, couple of, one is that uh, the vastness of space that we should probably appreciate and understand is mirrored in ourselves in the sense that if you use a logarithmic scale measuring how you rate relative to the size of the universe and down to the smallest increment the quantum you're about midway, so you're about middle complexity in terms of what's internal to you. That vastness of space is echoed in to each of us, ourselves. The second comment is more in terms of methodology of uh, Jikoji Dharma talks and whether or not to use the mask. I noticed that some speakers do use masks and some do not. And that those who use masks struggle with masks, <laughs> and also uh, it's easier from a zoom perspective, at least, to see the meaning if the speaker is unmasked. So, a personal comment that various speakers can take into account. And I know there's some interplay between the distance and. Uh, possibility of infecting others or being infected by others at Jakoji within Jakoji. So I think that's a real internal issue for Jakoji speakers to handle. So that's all.
0: Thank you. Thanks, Cliff. Uh, you're right. We struggle with these things, uh, but these are unusual times and um, being aware of people that have had this virus, it just, uh, Yeah, we we have to be careful, but um, we're following the guidelines that have been established. So um, this is how we are for the moment. Uh, Over during Sashin, we're we're going to uh, have five other speakers who are not here. So they will not have face masks. And of course we could also speak from a different room, but um, trying to maintain the normalcy of Jokoji, we're all here like this. So uh, may we all struggle through these times with ease. Chuck, yes, Charles.
5: It's good to see you, Doug. It's a very appropriate talk you're having today. Uh, You have uh, my regrets on the loss of your brother. It sounds like he uh, lived his life well and for a good long time. Um, Why I think this is appropriate is in these days of death and suffering, so many people are in denial about what's actually going on. They're actually denying the uh, disease that's killing them right up to their last breath it's it's so sad to see it that they drank the poison of delusion to that point i don't know where that goes um i just thought i would chip in here and say my regrets uh as soon as the shots become available and uh i should be in one of the earlier cohorts probably by february or march i'll be up to see you and we'll get through this thanks again for your talk
0: Good. Thank you. Yeah, we're, we go through the cabin fever up here like everyone does. Um, but the, um, and hearing about different people's um, trials with COVID, uh, it just is, is really startling. And so uh, we're just careful and following the rules as best we can. This afternoon, we have science and Buddhism and the topic today, it follows what we did last month uh, on the eco-dharma, the climate crisis, the climate dharma. Um, it's um, We have a video on our website, uh, on the events page for the science and Buddhism uh, uh, that is helpful to see. And you will appreciate watching, watching most of it or all of it because the, the featured speaker is kriti Kanko. She's a, a Zen teacher in Colorado and also uh, a climate scientist, uh, environmental scientist of some kind. And she's put together in this video a collection of the data of where we are in terms of where species are, in terms of the climate and the tipping points that, um, you know, we hear about the different tipping points that uh, exist of uh, a, a one degree Celsius or two degree Celsius threshold of maximum temperature gain. And in it, she shows charts of what will happen if we go to three degrees, four or five degrees Celsius. And um, as the pandemic has forced us all to, in a way, turn on a dime and readjust our lifestyles, uh, what's coming in the climate crisis will, will be even more severe. And so the the science and Buddhism is we're bringing we're seeing if we can bring some Buddhist principles and ideas to the facts of where we are, so that we can all begin thinking about how it is that life can be. Just as we have found opportunity in this pandemic, um, I think. It's not just all negative of what's gonna happen, especially if we can really take care of this place, this planet we, we all are so blessed to be on. So please join us at two o'clock for, for that. Um, uh, while you go to lunch, I would suggest you watch the video. It's, a, it's about a, an hour long and, and then come back and join us at two o'clock for uh, an hour, hour and a half um, and, and bring up some ideas. Uh, this Science and Buddhism is being led by uh, Ben Myers and Russell Rodam. He's from the Santa Barbara area and, and, and I'll be there and uh, we'll discuss some, some difficult questions. So uh, please join us for that. And then uh, another announcement is uh, this evening we begin Rohatsu. It's, it's basically a, a Zoom event, except for those of us here at Jakoji. We're gonna have uh, two, speaker, two uh, gatherings a day in the morning where we'll have readings from the Avatamsaka Sutra, uh, looking at books eight, nine, 10, 11, and maybe 12 if we can get there, it's a lot. But um, to just uh, enjoy the, the, these texts and see because they illuminate the ways of, of a, towards enlightenment and the ways are infinite but it's helpful to have a lot of words to describe it so we can all use what's meaningful to us. So uh, our, our morning talks, our morning session will be at 9.50, begin at 9.50. And then the afternoon talks are at 3 p.m. And on Monday, uh, Mike will speak. On Tuesday, uh, Paula Jones from San Diego will speak on Wednesday. Uh, Trout, yeah, thank you. Uh, Trout Black will speak, long time SANGA member. On Thursday, um, Chuck Hutchcraft speaks. He's a SANGA member connected with Crooked River and, and he's based in Chicago. And on Friday, Carolyn Dilley from Santa Cruz, who's also with Floating Zendo, will join us. And on Saturday afternoon, Mado Barbara Anderson, will be the speaker. On Sunday, we get the wonderful experience of a Shuso ceremony for Taizan Gendo. So uh, we're really looking forward to that, Taizan. And I encourage you for next Sunday to come up with the most difficult Dharma question you can imagine. And so the Avatam Sutra might give you all sorts of opportunities. You'll do just fine, Taizan. Any other? comments or anyone would like to make today?
3: Thank you and I also really appreciated what you had to say about Robert. I thought that was, that was really nice. He would be pleased.
0: You knew him too. All right then. Well, let's do the closing Gatha. May our intentions equally extend to every being and place with the true merit of Buddha's way. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. The Buddha's way is unsurpassable. I vow to become it. Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by Jokoji Zen Center. Our Dharma talks are offered free of charge, and this is made possible by the donations we receive. Your support helps us to continue to offer the Dharma. For more information about Jikoji, please visit us on the web at
2: jokoji.org.